1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com
0: awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. King Mabel is full of shit.
2: King Mabel is full of shit. Thank you. Right
0: on my hoover and- uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yuckety-yuck, McMick-mannequin. The
2: British Bulldog is part of the new generation. Who may all bow before, Key Mabel. Yeah, here it comes,
0: here comes, the jackknife! On lives the new generation and the World Wrestling
1: Generation. Welcome! Lads, The Cultaholic Classic Raw Review as the other Cultaholic lads pontificate on the Elimination Chamber. Now in the rearview mirror on the road to WrestleMania. We are here via the Ica Pro Power DeLorean on the way out of the new generation era. It's a bit like driving through... Um, a, a very dodgy part of Scunthorpe on a Saturday evening <laughs> and looking out towards the motorway. Now we're on with Scunthorpe, but that dodgy part's quite dodgy. be wee! I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter of That Portfolio, Tom Campbell. I am joined by the mulligan to my... Oh, hi, Jack Atkins, Jackkins, Atkins, hello. Hello. Happy Monday. H- yeah? Is a Monday, yes. Yeah. We, we're recording these now a week ahead, so my yeah. brain went, it is then. Okay, that's fine. Yeah.
3: How are you... I'm all right. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. We are recording this on the 15th of February. I'm about to open a bar cream soda. Yeah, yeah. That's that's bar cream soda. We are
1: sponsored by bar cream. We're not sponsored. We're not. We're not. But I wouldn't mind. But
3: <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm all right. Um, as as a Valentine's Day treat yesterday, I decided to eat some uh, coleslaw that was on the turn and <laughs> gave myself stomach cramps <laughs> from that. <laughs> Apart from that, I'm was, all right. was
1: the good lady working?
3: No, she wasn't. We're just not. We're just, just don't do Valentine's no. stuff. So I, I um did some freelance bits and then sat playing video games and she <laughs> sat in bed reading and eating her Snickers. Oh The romance ain't dead, kids.
1: You are yeah, you're living the
3: dream over yeah. there. Yeah. We weren't gonna do anything, Alex and I.
1: And then sort of over the weekend we should do something. So we went for an afternoon tea. Mm. Like a Valentine's afternoon tea. And then I know I was going to tell you. We went to see Death on the Nile. How was it? Do you know what? It's really good. Is it? It's really good. Okay. If you love your Ecu yeah. Poirot movies, it's a very good Eccule
3: movie. Is he giving it the full Belgian bifters? Or? Oh,
1: proper bifters.
3: Yeah. It's really good. I, I just They're beautifully filmed. The new ones are
1: gorgeously filmed. And this one is probably... This one looks more gorgeous than Murder on the Orient Express.
3: Yeah, because I, I remember when that came out and I didn't see it. Mm. But... I've I've since you know like watched Knives Out and forgot how good a good whodunit is. Yeah. So I think it'd be right up my alley. Oh, it
1: is, and it is a good whodunit and a good cast as well. Yeah, like a really like solid cast. I didn't know a whole lot about it because we just went. We should go see a film because all our favorite restaurants are fully booked <laughs> because we've left it late to book anything. Yeah. Um. So we ended up going to, um. We went to, uh, I say the afternoon, they went to the cinema. I was like,
3: what's on at the cinema? It's like, well, nothing,
1: apart from Death on the Nile.
3: Well, let's go see Death on the Nile! I, I thought the two of you would have went for a uh, romantic viewing of
1: Jackass Forever. <laughs> well, that sadly wasn't on at the cinema that we go to. Oh. We're very snobby when it comes to the cinema that we go to. Yeah. Uh, if you are, I mean, I mean, I would highly recommend this for you and Sean should mm. you have a, a date night or an evening out in Newcastle. Lovely cinema, sponsored by... No, Everyman Cinema.
3: Oh, we've got one in Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, the know, great, you know
1: the Everyman, don't
3: uh, you? The, the, Yeah, nice cinemas. We can't go back to other
1: cinemas now. We're, yeah. spo- we're spoiled. We have to go to the Everyman. If it's not on the Everyman, we're just going to wait until it comes
3: out on telly. See, <laughs> we I, are assholes. I've got a love-hate relationship with the cinema, because I love going to the cinema. Mm. Obviously, especially to a good cinema, but just other people... <laughs> you lot out there you can all fuck off but, other people but what we thought about with jackasses it's not something where you've got to listen to the plot and the minutia and stuff like nah. that so we're just like fuck it we'll go to the Odeon <laughs> that's fair enough <laughs> so it was one of them, it was just like ah it's jackasses isn't it? So. <laughs> it was alright oh yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I winced. I winced a few times. But, <laughs> and then uh, we came home and pretended we were 16-year-old moshes and listened to a lot of him. So oh! that's, a, that's how we celebrated What's it. the hymn one they do?
1: They follow me in the wildest places.
3: Oh, I don't know that one. Um, is that Girls Not Grey? Is that the hymn? No, that was Girls Not Grey was AFI. Ah, uh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I am an idiot. Yeah, I am an idiot. He may not be wearing eyeliner, but he's wearing eyeliner on his heart. He's <laughs> a, a
1: heartliner, if you will. <laughs> so you do. Um, we, we we like to show the wires when we come down and do these shows. So like, we'll we'll talk talk a little bit before we start. But most of the admin will be done whilst recording and. I have notes in front of me, and Jackins has notes in front of me. Now, the notes on top of yours... Say, yeah, I,
3: I forgot to change the Okay, thing. that's yeah. fine. <laughs> I
1: just realized that they want to sat down... Because I had a little moment where I looked at your notes, and I went, have I done the wrong one? <laughs> no. Because no. the top of Jackins' notes says Monday, November the 27th, and mine says December the 4th. <laughs> so I had a little moment like... Because Matthew and I did this once. We did, a genu- full disclosure, we did one after the classic SmackDown review where we sat down, and Matthew had watched the episode like... The week ahead. Oh shit. And I went, Math, you're a week ahead, mate. Like as you started talking about it, he went, Oh no. <laughs> what should we do? I said, Well, th- go watch the episode that we need to watch. Yeah. Keep these notes for next time. But we haven't done that this time.
3: No, like, I I so that's a relief. I can confirm when it actually when I get past my observer letter, newsletter bits. I do have Mondays. Oh phew. I just That's a cop- fine. <laughs> I copy and paste I copy and paste the week before. And then change the dates to think uh, I need to put that. But I just—I was sloppy, kids. Okay, I was sloppy. <laughs> I'm full of coleslaw. A sloppy shop. <laughs> I'm full of coleslaw. i um, <laughs> bad coleslaw as well. Bad coleslaw. It was like. Are you like, alright today? Oh yeah, i fine. Like, yeah. I'd, 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 not, it wasn't even Paul. He was just I had a bit of a cramp before and went in the toilet. And uh, let's just say I blessed the toilet with my effluent, oh. and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I blessed the toilet with my affluence. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I've just been eating like a fucking moron recently. You'll know because I've been doing nothing but eating Easter eggs recently. I mean, you have eaten a lot of Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah. Is it just that time of year where we just because
1: like, I just tend to eat like like a shit house as of late? Like it'll just be. Tell you what like I made really nice chicken wings the other day, like from scratch, Ooh. like American style barbecue chicken wings, which yeah. I was really happy with. So I can cook, but then at the same time, at about three in the morning, I just had some I had some blue cheese left over from the blue cheese dressing. I just I, I put that on a I put that on a snacker jack. <laughs> and a bit of barbecue sauce. And it was one in the morning. I was listening to uh, an audiobook. Just just stood up in the in the living room eating this snacker jack. Alex is asleep. Pablo's walked in because he's like, oh, bit of food. What's going on? <laughs> I'm just like, what am I doing? Why is this? I want, and I get upset. I'm like, oh, I'm firm. I'm, closed. I'm just sat in the middle of the night eating blue cheese snack attacks covered in barbecue
3: sauce. See, see like a monster. I, I, I've got to the point where I've I've always been like a bigger guy, but I'm. I don't really care getting anymore. Getting out of control now. Yeah, Sean says she doesn't care what I look like as long as I don't get like out of breath getting out of a chair. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, Alex, so.
1: Alex is like, I don't care what you look like, just don't get heart palpitations again. Like yeah. that's that's
3: fair. Yeah, that's fair. We, we were in bed the other day, not in a saucy way. Kids. We were oh both, hello. We were, we were both you know teeth brushed and we just all like tuck it up and Sean just went, oh, I really want a cheese sandwich and she got up and I said, well, while you're up, can you bring me back some crumpets, please? <laughs>
1: just lying there eating
3: crumpets like a squirrel isn't love wonderful yeah
1: I think those are the best those are the best kind of relationships that, that walk all the lines of like like you can do all nice things and nice flights of fancy but at the same time it is quite nice just to sit in bed and, and eat eat crumpets and, yeah. and read a book next to somebody that you care about yeah. there is something really special that comes from a relationship where there is silence and it's she <laughs> shuts up no 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 <laughs> Bloody shots up. Oh. No. <laughs> Let me tell you about the mother. Oh. Oh. <laughs> when she bloody comes around, that one bloody shots up. Oh. But it's something <laughs> nice where you can um, where you can sit and just be quiet with somebody. And it's just like, this is nice. Just yeah. Like the company's there and stuff. Um, Alex has this thing, and, she, and it happened on Valentine's, where we were out and she went, um, uh, we'd, had, we'd had a bit of food. And she just goes a little bit quiet. I'm like, is everything okay? She says, yeah, I'm just... She's feeling dozy now like, <laughs> because I think she's always so mentally on yeah. just in life. Like when she's with me, like she, she switches off a little bit. yeah. So I always take it as very confident if we're out for a meal. And she's just like, sleepy now. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like I'm calm. <laughs> I had nice food. <laughs> I've had a nice time. I'm calm now. <laughs> I sleep. And so we came home Valentine's and she was like, <laughs> literally, I, I, went to, I went out to go feed Pablo. And I came back into the, the bedroom. She was just in bed. I sleep now. It's like, it's half eight. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> See, the, 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 this is what
3: this is what getting old is, kids. Yeah. yeah.
1: Look forward to it. It's all fun and games. All fun and games. Uh, let's take a look at 1995. Uh, I, I, I thought we were just going to ramble on for an hour like we did with the I last mean, episode. I mean, <laughs> we may do. We may still do because we've got a lot of pop culture bollocks to get through before we get there. Yeah. So no. don't fret on that modern brav. Uh, yeah,
3: let's try and stay more on peace this week. No
1: no it's not oh no let it's, it's not even do right topical stuff what's your favorite bits, crisps
3: um oh if you're talking a traditional crisp um, i have recently i've recently gone back to the majesty of already salted walkers are they really boring but you know you know when you just like strip it back to its base levels and you're just like that you can understand why it was invented as a snack someone just went mm. a thin bit of potato it up a bit of salt yeah, but, yeah, I
1: guess. I guess we I, I guess everybody does reinvent the wheel when it comes to crisps, do not they? But uh, for
3: for a fun crisp, it's a beef monster munch.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I like the pickled onion monster munch. Cuz I like explaining to Americans like honestly, hear me out, pickled onion flavored potato.
3: That's that's the thing. There's something about it. Saying that though, my favorite crisps to get in Canada were just um pickled gherkin crisps just 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 well pickle pickles flavor. pickle good so when you're eating it because someone was eating it once I was like I, I love a pickle and I thought mm, let, let's let's try it and a bit and I just thought oh this tastes like a big mac so it's it's like the tartiness of like uh it tastes like a big mac yeah when you get the tartiness I of suppose, like the sting yeah, the, of the uh the pickle
1: the gherkiness the gherkin and the gherkinness from it. yeah that's a, that's so a word.
3: When I'm next over there, yes. I will bring you back some. Please do. Are you
1: planning yeah. to go over there soon?
3: Booked flights the other night. Oh, when September? Y- oh, September. Nice. September. So um, how exciting! A couple of days uh, in Toronto, and then a couple of days in New York, and then come home and not do anything for three months because we'll be fucked. <laughs> <broke.
1: laughs> you will be broke.
3: So we, we've yeah, it's been what what year is it? Twenty twenty two. Yes, it's been. Four years since I've seen all my friends in Canada oh, so I'm just like, oh, half of them have moved since then. So, but you're gonna find an excuse to all get together and. So, some of them, because we're only there for a couple of days. I don't want like, I don't want to like tell everyone I'm there because then no. they will be like, this night I'm with them, this night I'm with them, this night I'm with them, and Sean's just kind of like bopping along. So I'm just gonna kind of like knock on the window at somewhere they work and just be like, oh yeah, Oh, uh, that's nice. And be like, I'll be back properly soon. Then we'll you know play pool and. Have a fight. That's well,
1: nice. Yeah, but you've got to you've got to do that when you visit home. Yeah, like I try not to advertise if I go back to the West Midlands. Yeah, because suddenly you're just like you you feel guilty because you you've been pulled in like four or five different directions.
3: So you like you better just to slip in and slip out again. Yeah, and and by the time you, you come back off holiday, you're knackered and you need a holiday because you mm. haven't relaxed or done anything. That's you're it. Just, yeah, yeah, you've just
1: been on all the time. Yeah. Having said that, um, when this podcast goes up, we will be presumably by this point we'll be back um, from a trip to the northwest. Oh, because I'm not in work today when this goes out. Oh yeah. I have a, my new my new my new hobby is taking Mondays off. <laughs> It seems we're going to Manchester, going to go and see, as a Liverpudlian, I thought you'd appreciate, <laughs> but we'll go in um, to go and see Jonathan Van Ness, who is the guy from Queer Eye. Oh, okay. And, yeah. and he's doing a tour of the UK. Yeah. And Alex loves Queer Eye. And I'm hoping that it all was, went well and we had a lovely night and hopefully we found we found we were able to somehow meet Jonathan Van Ness afterwards so Alex's brain could explode from meeting somebody she it loves is
3: I've never watched Queer Eye is Jonathan the one with the lovely hair lovely hair yeah lovely hair great outfits yeah and he's just just a a, a ball of genuine goodness
1: yeah so and he's in Manchester so we're going to go and we're going to go see him which I'm very excited about fuck it one yeah, yeah i'm trying to do more things that aren't work yeah. In twenty twenty two.
3: I've been saying this to you for a while. You have. <laughs> and you echo what many of others many others
1: have said yeah. to me. And I've kind of made my Year's resolution to go, I need to like I don't want to work less hard because you know, I I, I I like grafting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I you know, I want to earn me I want to earn me keep. Oh wow. As they say. Oh. Earn my keep. Um, but I do want to make more time to be off the clock. Yeah. Which I'm a bit crapper in general. I'm getting better. You know, I enjoy, like, like Valentine's was nice because I left and then we had, like, a whole day. I look at my phone and we had all evening together and it was nice. And yeah. I want to do more things like that. The balance needs to be redressed. Yeah. So we're redressing the
3: balance. As long as you... You're quite good like that. The, the main thing with this job is I just don't have Slack on my phone. So as soon as my laptop's like, closed at half five, mm. I don't hear anything about wrestling unless I go on Twitter or whatever mm. or someone texts me saying, mm. you know, DDPs, Diamond Cutter to Sheep. Um, I don't hear anything until the next morning when I'm back and work. So, it's, by, it's, by the way, John. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. To you. <laughs> Love you, John. <laughs> After the majesty of uh, Nelson Mandela over his Twix. That's,
1: <laughs> that's Twix. Eat
3: Twix and drink bar.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sponsored by... I like lying in bed the night, and, and, and as, as scrolling through,
3: Alex saw Nelson Mandela eating a Twix. And she said, why do I feel like that's something to do with you? <laughs> I showed the to Sean, and I, I explained who John was, and she's like, you told me who John is. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, this, this time we asked him to the uh, uh, this, and she just looked at it, and she went, Nelson Mandela with a Twix. I was like, you loved a Twix, didn't he?" And she was like, yeah. <laughs>
1: I love your conversations with Sean. Sounds so similar to the conversations I have with Alex. I don't understand. As we were going to sleep last night, I just said, "Did you hear about the magical tractor?" (laughs) (laughs) She said, "What?" Did you hear about the magical tractor in the news today? She said, "What do you mean?"
3: It turned into a field. He just went, fuck off, go to <laughs> sleep. At least that's got a set up on a punchline. We were sat in bed waiting <laughs> to go to sleep last night, and I just started whistling the Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> <in tune.
0: laughs>
3: <laughs> and Sean went, "So Antiques Roadshow? Yeah, it's a banger. And then we were... <laughs> <laughs> they found a drum and bass remix on YouTube. No! They're just going, fuck, yeah. There's a drum and bass remix of the Antiques Roadshow. Oh, of course there
1: is,
3: yeah. Whoa, hang on a minute. Hang on. So uh, for, for those who are unaware of the Antiques Roadshow, on a Sunday on BBC One, about six o'clock, no one's doing anything. There's just lots of posh people in like, uh, sc- th- in like Surrey or somewhere and they're in the fields of a stately home and there's Antiques expert and they're just like, Yes, yeah, well, my mother left me the chaise lounge how much is it worth? It's like, oh that's worth 25 grand. And like, oh fantastic. That's the Antiques, that's show. antiques it's Very Road posh, show. very British. And, and it's yeah. got
1: a uh, it's got a very distinctive theme, which yeah. apparently there is now a drum and bass remix too. <laughs> that's amazing.
2: <laughs> it works!
1: Oh, I'm playing. I'm playing this to Alex later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh! They're stupidly creative people. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And liked. 322,000 views for thirteen years. Yeah, that's nice. More. That. More. Um, I was working <laughs> for a radio station in Wolverhampton when the Antics Roadshow rolled into town. Oh. We did a little stunt. Oh, God. We did. Um, we went with a guy who was covering the afternoon show, and I was in the breakfast show. And uh, we, we, la- we, we, we labelled up a box, Auntie Belinda's Fine China. <laughs> we, put some, we bought some plates, smashed them up, and put them inside. So he carries them in. We're filming like him, talk, and, then, and then it's me that comes up to him. This is everybody walking around. And I said, oh, can I have a look at these?" As I'm holding them, I drop them, and you just hear this smash. <laughs> Did everyone go? <laughs> and you just see people walk past, like, mouths agog. <laughs> so <I run> <laughs> Did a little prank on Antiques Roadshow. Didn't make the telly, no. but it made us laugh.
3: I thought you were I thought day. I thought you were tight with Fiona Bruce. I thought she would have been like, oh Jiggy <gasps> Bruce. Boys.
1: yeah, me and Brucey Baby we were, but she wasn't there that day. No. Oh. Oh, that was me and Brucey Baby we would have definitely got involved.
3: Get your act together, Fiona.
1: I am playing the the drum bass antiques roadshow theme to Alex. I tell you what I played the other night. <laughs> the loot. Yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> Just quietly played the loot. Hang on. Ooh. Um we it's the wee it's the wee music. There's a... Is it, this is a Wii music, but it's uncomfortable. I think that's the one. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> this 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 really messes with Alex's, and This will mess with yours as well. Like, I just started playing this one night. This is why I think we're very similar. And she was like, please... She got very upset when I played this to her. <laughs> Hang on, there's an advert for you. There's a YouTube advert playing. Hang on a second. <laughs> we, we I don't want any, any of th- these products. <laughs> we, we can't say anything about the advert. No, no, they, I, 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 I played the advert all the way through. Yeah. As you should. Um, so... This is so. It's if you want to find the video for yourself, it's me channel. But all the pauses are uncomfortably long. Oh. Oh. And you and you can't. Oh, there's the there's, there's this version which is just every note is a random pitch, and you can't get a purchase on it.
3: It sounds like incidental music <laughs> from Rugrats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it
2: does,
0: doesn't it?
3: Bo bo <laughs> So I played that and she went, "Please stop."
1: <laughs> Please, it's making me sad. So there you go, some some tips to upset your your loved ones tonight. Yeah, we have uh, we have
3: very lucky significant us, don't we?
1: <laughs> they are so lucky. You're yeah. right. Monday Night Raw from December the fourth, nineteen ninety five, um, in the US music charts. There we go. Um, Mariah Kerry featuring Boys to Men, One Sweet Day. So what happened is <laughs> Kerry got knocked off the top from Fantasy. Whitney Houston went number one with "Waiting to Exhale," and Mariah got the lads in. The say right, lads. get Whitney off. Yeah, and they did. "One Sweet Day" is number one, and yeah. it'll be
3: for a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure it was around this time that basically boys to men could have just released that wee music, but but had soulful harmony over the top, and it would have got to number one for about forty weeks in America.
1: They were childish. Right? Yeah,
3: they were huge, Bless them. Now they're just men to old men. <laughs>
1: In the UK, in in the UK music charts, Robson and oh, Jerome. <laughs>
3: That's
1: what we're all thinking at this point. <laughs> I believe Slash up on the roof, uh, number one still over here. The Billboard Music Awards took place uh, the uh, two nights before Raw, mm-hmm. hosted by John Stewart. TLC won Top Artist. The Real McCoy won Top New Artist. Before they went on to make crisps.
0: Good. <laughs>
1: cool. Coolio Gangster's Paradise was the top song. Top album was Cracked Rear View by Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, God, I forgot about (laughs) Hootie and the Blowfish. Janet Jackson won the Artist's Achievement Award. Uh, in the US box office, it's Toy Story still hanging in there, and GoldenEye is still top of the UK box office. Mega Man X three has been released for the SNES. These Ooh. are the Mega Man 16 bit games that are, that are good, but not as good as
3: the NES ones. And if you say otherwise, you're so wrong. Is is the SNES one still absolutely rock nails like the others? Oh, they're fit <laughs> <laughs> they're punishing I, games. I, they work Do you know what? Video games used to be really cruel. Mm. Really
1: cruel. Definitely. Like, I think, I don't know whether it was the fact that we were devoid of other distraction. Mm. Um, Where, like, if you bought, if I bought Mega Man 3 for the NES, that would be the main thing I'd play. So that I wouldn't have my phone going off. You know, I wouldn't be putting a new series on Netflix. I'd just be playing that. So it takes up a lot of your mind palace. But then it is just fucking difficult. And there's no and there's no save states. There's no memory cards. If you lose, bye-bye. Back, yeah. back you go. Just unwieldy. I think later Mega Man games had codes that you could put in that would get you back to where you were.
3: Yeah. But still un- unruly. As you go against like, Kurtzman, Huntman, man. Hunt man, bomb man. <laughs> Basically British Bulldog made the Mega, <laughs> Mega Man. Wiley bastard!
2: <laughs> I've got right. I've I've designed all the bosses for the Mega Man game. <laughs> that guy with scissors on his head, Cut Man. <laughs> guy in the sand level, sandman. Oh, Time Man. <laughs> What's it? It's he's a herb. The the fellow with <laughs> fellow with a uh, shotgun. Zartom. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> the main boss
1: is our Tom. Oh, stick a pin in our Tom. Stick a pin in our Tom. Oh. Mm. the NBA ref strike is over this isn't related to our Tom in 1995 the National Basketball Association announced the lockout of referees because of a no strike clause in the CBA proposal in December the NBRA and the NBA signed a five year agreement and the referees resumed officiating games so uh, a new agreement for referees was a no strike clause Yeah, they didn't like that so they went on strike <laughs> and then they took the no strike clause out so yeah. job's all sorted um, Galileo, 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 piccolo, oh. NASA's Galileo probe enters the atmosphere of Jupiter. Oh, very nice! It, this particular week in the wrestling, <laughs> so it's all a bit, it's, uh, it's a bit spacey. Yeah, this week. So that's that's pretty much all that's happening this week. Did it do the fandango? Um, it did. Yeah, thunderbolts and lightning, very very frightening. Mm. <laughs> so our
3: eyewitness at eleven. What um, is happening in the world of the wrestling? It's it's a, it's a weird one because. There's not really much news. In it's fact, a quiet week yeah. in general. It, at one point, Dave Meltzer even puts under the WWF headline, there's basically fuck all going <laughs> on.
1: Because we're getting towards Christmas yeah. in
3: our timeline. So at this point, like wrestling every year just sort of winds down yeah, and goes oh God, into yeah. autopilot, doesn't it? So the main thing was, remember a few weeks ago, there was the New York Post story about mm-hmm. uh, alleged witness tampering in the 1994 steroid yes. trial. So... Vince McMahon has responded in the most Vince McMahon way possible. Yes. A four minute long soliloquy during the body of the Superstars of Wrestling show that aired in the New York market on December the 2nd. I found this on YouTube and it is bizarre. Oh, is it? Yeah. You it found just, it. It just cuts and it's like Jim Ross going, oh, we go live to Vince McMahon. As Vince sat in front of, you know, like all the screens in the Edison booth wearing his WWF blazer, nice white shirt, no tie. Button to the top. I think it might not have a collar as well. And it's just like it's serious, somber Vince. But basically it's Vince McMahon does the Vince McMahon defense. I am an a humble Innocent man of the people, just like I'm just like you. I'm not one of these bureaucrats who are out to get me because I'm a success and they can all fuck <laughs> off. Um, the exact words, yeah, they can all fuck off. The <laughs> Ma- bastards, McMahon blames blamed his troubles on yellow journalists conspiring with vengeful public officials trying to save face by coming up with a story about witness tampering that was as far fetched as the charges brought against me. And it was it, like Meltzer even recaps everything, you know, gives his background, tells us what Vince says, and then he has his own notes, and he just puts, McMahon's conspiracy theories about the media and the government appear from here to border on paranoia after three years of believing that everyone who investigates him have all joined together to try and get him. He again demonstrated his other MO when in trouble, of trying to divert attention from the issue and facts, and to try to turn the story into a personal vendetta. In this case, he ignored Newfield, whose story it actually was, and who has never even written a negative story on McMahon, nor cross paths with him in the past, to go after uh, Phil Mushnick, in much the way that when WCW come calling, really, the Monday Night Wars, it's McMahon versus Bischoff, but McMahon, as we'll see in the next couple of years, will paint it as we are the small mom and pop industry mm. against the evil billionaire Ted what Turner. He, that's
1: six. he doesn't pitch it against Bischoff, he sees Ted Turner yeah. as the enemy, not Bischoff. No. Bischoff's lowly, he's yeah. after Turner. yeah. So he's doing more of the same here. Because that's trying... a better look for Vince as well, isn't it? Of course, yeah. To go like this multi-billionaire who yeah. owns
3: this TV conglomerate is coming after
1: little old me, me... little <laughs> old millionaire me.
3: Meanwhile, you know Jerry Jarrett, David Crockett, and all them are just like fuck
1: off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Remember what you did to us? Shit house. Everything is marketing. So everything is marketing. Yeah, if
3: if if you can find find it, if um it's. Superstars of Wrestling from December 2nd. If you type in that and Vince McMahon into Google, you should be able to find it. Very grainy. You know, someone's had it recorded on tape and put it onto YouTube. But it's just, yeah...
1: A Savio Vega match probably got bumped for that, probably.
3: But then, it, but then, when it cuts back, it cuts back to Vince McMahon in commentary. So he goes, "Basically, I'm Vince McMahon. You're all coming after me." And it cuts back says, so, "We're live, uh, back." It's just, thanks, Vince. <laughs> back, back, Vince. To, back to Vince. <laughs> back to Vince. Thanks, Vince. So that that's the main thing that dominates it, and it's just. <clears throat> I said the other week if, for a big run-up of it because it's all ins and outs and minutiae and he said and she said and this, that and the other David Bixon's band's got a really good thread on it on Twitter um, and he'll do it more justice than we will so mm, yeah uh, Bix is very good for that but yeah as well news wise like the WWF have been sending talent to Puerto Rico the past couple of weekends they sent Hakushi and the past week it was King Mabel who went down to challenge Carlos Colon for his Universal title the youngster Carlos Cologne. Um, I don't. I know that obviously WWF and Cologne have had a working relationship. Is this just something that always happens every couple of months? Or I seem is this... to
1: recall that WWF and uh, Puerto Rico worked a few times over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, with with a few WF, WWF guys going down there for seasoning. Yeah. Like, I mean, Savio Vega was very much involved in, oh God, in yeah, that yeah. scene, and he's come up from there, um, and they do they do tend to send people down there. It's kind of like just somewhere they can just send down a star for seasoning or just somewhere where they can take them off the books for a bit and help bolster yeah. another market and sort of put them in there. So, yeah, but I think uh, WWC, in a similar a similar stretch to like how Smoky Mountain Wrestling was. Obviously, that's winding up now. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's something they've done for a little while. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, and it's and I don't know how often they'll continue to do it. Um, Obviously, Carlos Colon's son will be involved in WWE in years to come. He will. Uh, and they'll also
3: steal the concept of a universal championship in course, many years yeah, to come yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I threw that in because I thought, this sounds like it's like part of an ongoing agreement, but yeah. just in case it wasn't, yeah. No, no,
1: no, it's, it very much is, but I think they've been ramping it up lately. Okay. Maybe because Smoky Mountain wrestling's going, so it's
3: one less place for the wrestlers to go. Yeah. So maybe they're sending them there instead. Um, also, this week, the Thursday Raw replay has been cancelled uh melter writes it was a catch 22 wwf never plugged the show for fear in my head the monday numbers a little bit for people who would watch nitro and think oh we can watch raw on thursday uh, There was no plugs the ratings were competitive with what usa wanted in prime time so it's gone and the last bit i've got because you said put a pin in tom and i forgot to put the in my notes so i'll let you take that bit right, but tom. Um, before we get to that uh, tom WWF received complaints regarding Bret Hart and Diesel using the chairs and Diesel-mouthing motherfucker at the Survivor <laughs> Series. They're trying to do a bouncing act between making it a rougher product but not alienating any of the audience or the sponsors, and that isn't going to be easy.
1: Well, this is the beginning of a, of a, of a bigger change. Oh, God. In years to come. Yeah, We'll see. I'll keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. One, huh? um, Bulldog should be concerned. Ah, Tom is in the news today. Oh. Dynamite Kid Tom Billington according to The Observer, will be wrestling on the 15th of December at the uh, Stu Hart Calgary show. He will also be honoured at the show with presumably a plaque. Um, But this is the first time that Dynamite Kid uh, has wrestled in years. He, at this point, he is knackered. He's living in in England. He's knackered. He's 37.
3: Yeah, I remember reading
1: that and thinking, Jesus
3: Christ.
1: He's the same age as... He's, he's He was younger than me when it was seen as like, oh, my God, he's coming back. Like, he's packard. Yeah. Um, years of abusing the body and the system, and uh, he t- he wrote all about it in Pure Dynamite. Uh, also for this show... Ra- heard, oh, sorry to cut you off. No. i that's
3: a fucking horrible read.
1: <sighs> it's, <laughs> it's heavy. Yeah. Oh, he's, it's a sad time. Yeah. It's really, like... <laughs> There's, there's one bit that stays with me from Pure Dynamite where he talks about opening the door to this this young like shy lad who was like I really want to get into wrestling I really want to be a part of wrestling How can you help me get there And he supplied him with steroids to get him bigger. That young man was Chris Benoit. Oh
3: shit. Well... Benoit idolized him, didn't he? Mm. Idolized him. Like, mm. I remember watching bits of British Bulldogs as a kid, but then when you get more into wrestling and everyone just says the, the, that, that, that. Crop, Melenko, Benoit, Guerrero, Jericho, etc. If it wasn't for Dynamite Kid, they wouldn't have a career. And you watch Dynamite Kid matches and realize that Benoit just lifted his entire moveset and just went, I'm having that.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. There's um Davy Richards is one very similar. Yes. Who has a sort of that dynamite kid slash Benoit style moveset. Yeah. It's always weird when you see wrestlers compared to people like that mm. because I think the you know the history hasn't been kind. To those people, no. so you always feel a little bit concerned when they get, oh, they're like Benoit, oh, they're like Dynamite Kid, and like, oh, god, yeah. But really, what it means is they're. Freaking phenomenal wrestlers, yeah. Which they, which both Kid and Benoit genuinely, genuinely were. Um, let's get into Monday Night Raw for let's this get, week. Yeah. Okay. Vince announces that the Intercontinental Title is on the line on our show tonight. The 15 minute chump, Dean Douglas, Whoa. who was backstage at ECW apparently <laughs> a week ago. He was, yeah. Yeah. So he's sniffing back around to get to uh, get back in there. Of course he is. Um, he's facing the champ, Razor Ramon. Plus, in response to cheating shenanigans and an attack the previous week. It's Marty Jannetty versus Psycho Sid. Sid being referred to by Vince as 123Kids Psychotic Sentry, which I quite like. It was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah, and they've got a whispery Sid promo saying <laughs> basically, if you want to get to kids, you're going to
3: get through me. I couldn't hear what you're saying because over this, they were playing like triumphant Christmassy music. <laughs> and have got as you've got Sid doing the whole and his horns going... <laughs> ba, 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 ba. The sound mixing's pretty <laughs> yeah. shocking here. Yeah.
1: Uh, fiery Genetti promo follows a whispery Sid promo to get us underway. Plus, we will hear in our main from Dr. Jeffrey Unger, Shawn Michaels physician, who has alarming comments for us. Not looking good for the heartbreak kid. Uh, We open tonight's festivities with Bob Spark Plug Holly (laughs) taking on the number one contender for the WWF Championship, Bulldog Man. Oh, come here, car car man.
2: Come car man. Race track man. I'll, I'll, oh, oh, you change the oil or I'll I'll Shit. (laughs)
1: Change the oil, or I will shit.
2: <laughs> Flex muscles.
1: Ooh, change the oil, or I'll shit. <laughs> That's Bulldog's famous catchphrase. Um, Holly gets loads of offensive. Yeah, like you you'd assume. He might be the top contender at this point. Yeah, With it, before you get to the finish, like he gets a lot in. Oh, he really does. A lot of love for Holly here. Lawler says that Bret Hart has never beat the Bulldog. Quote from Wembley to recently at the Meadowlands. Um, there was a few wins on house shows, but that's, mm. by, yeah. the, that's by the by. The, that's by. the story the, the the story arc they're telling is that when the lights are on brightest, Bret Hart can't beat the Bulldog, and I. <laughs> it's just I don't know whether beca- I don't know whether it's because we've made Bulldog into such a figure of fun, but <laughs> it sits in the back of my mind when I think about it.
3: Like I don't buy that at all. I don't yeah. buy Bulldog as a threat to Bret Hart it's- at all. <laughs> I mean this match, most of this match didn't do him any favours either, considering Bob friggin' Holly was had him at arm's Loads. length. Yeah. Bulldog should have fucking battered him. He really
1: should have. He should have battered him through and through. This is Bob Holly, who we've we've joked about this before on other on other episodes, where like Bob when Bob Holly would say, Hey, um what's my creator? And they'll go, Oh, we've got nothing for you. Well, I've got some ideas. What's your ideas then, Bob? How about I be WWF champion and I beat everybody? <laughs> so anytime he was asked about like any ideas that he's got for himself, it was always.
3: I should be WWF champion. I should beat everybody. But they just be like, but Bob, you're an arsehole. You've got a really nice drop kick, but you're an arsehole. And he's like, yeah. Shawn Michaels is an arsehole. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, champ.
1: He's... What, can I be champ? Yeah. Huh? He was a arsehole. We've both got lovely hair. Bulldog stops the hardcore Holly rot. I called him hardcore there. What a future echo. With a military press out of an arm bar, which looked quite nice. Mm. uh, Holly gets a ton more offense in on the number one contender for the WWF Championship. (laughs) You'd be forgiven for thinking it's Bob getting the shot up until the finish. As the finish is coming, Vincent Mann informs us that Bob Backlund is in the audience campaigning. As he says this, Bulldog lands the running power slam to get
3: the three count. Clean as a whistle win, eventually, for Davey Boy Smith. Too much offense. It, 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 too much offense from Holly. It went far too long considering Davy Boy is number one. But it, it was a solid match. And I liked, mm. there was bits in this. Davy Boy was doing really good heel work. As he walked out, people were pelting him with rubbish. Mm.
2: But then he was just shouting down the counter. He was like, finished. And he was like, oh, best is, best was, best ever <laughs> will be. <laughs> best oh, man. you we a fat Brett go fucking, you just battle him. <laughs> <laughs> go and fight you in New York, in, in, in your house. Oh, in your house. Oh. <laughs> I like that idea of Bulldog just turning <laughs> up in Calgary. Hello, Brett.
1: We've got a match today. He's not here. What do you mean? <laughs> we're fighting in your house. <laughs> now, the show's called in your house. Ha- oh, oh, no. Fucking who did that, then? <laughs> see, we're fighting in your house.
3: And Stu, Stu comes to the door. He's like, uh, you want to fight me? Yeah. <laughs> you can fight me instead. Oh,
2: no. Sorry, Stuart. I'll I'll, be- I'll, I'll see you later. Sorry, old <laughs> heart, man. Here, here. Tom's coming around. No, no, Tom. No, no. Get out of Calgary. Have you still got that bear? <laughs> get out of Calgary, I owe him tenner. Can I feed the bear? <laughs> I've got some fish in my pocket. They love that. I, just carry, I carry it with us in case I get hungry. <laughs> that Got a fish in that pocket, pot pie in the other. <laughs> just in case I fancy a savoury snack <laughs> while I'm walking. A bath of pot pie. Well, the f- thing is, I can't actually get into my pockets
1: without putting both of these hot dogs down. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he carrying so much food? he's got little sausages in his pocket like Danny like Frank in there always sunny keep hot dogs in there oh I love bulldog <laughs> I, I love I both love bulldog and the bulldog we've created <laughs> the bulldog that we have created is the is the, the definitive bulldog in my eyes he's the definitive bulldog <laughs> Uh, And he's facing Bret Hart in a couple of weeks at the Pepe View. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jerry Lawler is a ringside interviewing Bob Backlund. He calls him Bobby at one point and adjusts his (laughs) bow tie. He is clearly cruising for a bruise. Oh, God, yeah. What's he doing? Bob looks disgusted with everything. We're going to get a match between Bret Hart and Bob Backlund next week, but it's non-title, which sends Bob into a tailspin, screaming that he wants to be God again.
2: I want to be God
1: again! (laughs) He's livid that he's not getting it as a title match um, he says we don't need more hitmen in our society we need role models he rants and raves they desperately try to cut to break we even get the guy holding a sign saying cut to break Bob's ignoring it they cut his mic off and then Bob marches through the crowd apparently looking for the sound engineer yeah. who cut him off
3: more on that later. It, it was a weird bit, this, because I am I love Mr. Bob Backlund, and I, di- I did notice that here, though, he kind of looks like The Miz, but with a buzz cut. <laughs> if, yeah. but this, like a bloated version of The Miz. This felt, I know they were trying to go for the, the idea that this was, you know, an unhinged lunatic, but it was a bit awkward and a bit slapdash. It didn't feel like when WWF do unscripted stuff, it's still quite slick. This felt more like, the kind of slight WCW car crash, yeah. A bit I
1: throat, yeah. Is it was it because they were screaming like we're going to break, we're going to break. It wasn't I even, think they've leaned into that little sort of WCW yeah, style. I attached. think it was
3: that. I don't think there was great chemistry between King and Backland. And mm. Backland, it, it, they clearly just said to him, I'll oh, just say you want to be God, but he's just kind of not really had a a point to go with. He's just yeah he was just rambling.
1: Yeah, there wasn't like a definitive point to make in that promo. Yeah. Normally with these, I hear what you're saying, that like, there'll always be like a line and out. Yeah. And there wasn't really one here. No. It would just seem pointless to cut to him if the moment he starts talking, he's going to be cut off. Yeah. Like there was no point to make here. Yeah. Which was uh,
3: a weird one. Talk uh, about no point. Go on. <laughs> Our next match. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> uh, up next, we continue the action. It's far too. Versus the Brooklyn Brawler. 1995. Ah, The Brawler is the last of the WWF's travelling enhancement talent. Oh, okay. Which is uh, like the travelling Wilburys.
2: Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm so
0: down (laughs) Um,
1: They tend to use local performers a lot now to cut down costs, which is why you will see... This is why we saw like Rhino and Swinger and that popping up recently when they were bit further north of the border so you will see like talent that is local just to save the moment to yeah it makes drive sense. Them around yeah. but but brawler serves uh, wears many hats in the wwf at this point um he's a bit of a road agent type he's also a, like a, you know somebody you can just chuck on the gear and go and lose yeah a quick order to somebody as he did here um far too um he gets a brawler gets a touch in but brawler loses, obviously. Yeah. He gets flattened with a cutter out of the corner. yeah. So many wrestlers used the cutter as a finisher over the years. It's kind of like for many a bit of a sort of a, in the, in like, like, a, like, a temp, like a holding space for a finisher, yeah like a, until you've got one sorted of the cutter. yeah, because earlier in the year, underhurst Helmsley was dropping the cutter. Okay before you had the pedigrees, this is before you started, there was um, when Helmsley debuted, he was using the cutter same one well, not not a one out of the corner not yeah. a bulldog one um it was one just in the center of the ring as a cutter um and then i think just a few over the years like variations of cutters we on the smackdown review recently um rhino made a dark match debut instead of using the gore he used the cutter okay. as a finisher and it's mainly because i think in that case because well edge does this beer why we don't want anyone else doing this they're not there they're not as worried about that anymore yeah
3: they were back then I feel like a lot of people use the cutter. See, I'm a, I'm a big fan of cutters. Uh, di- I, as good as the RKO is, mm. I'm, I'm a diamond cutter kid. So And the TKO, I, I know that's an elevated swinging cutter, but I'm a big fan of a cutter. And yeah. even put down, I was like, oh, diamond cutter. But uh, I did note, though, I was like, the crowd didn't care for this. No, this feels like it's in the middle of a taping. And I went on cage match. And after this, Fatu will only have well, i say only he'll be on TV and pay per view eleven more times until the gimmick has binned off in April 96. Oh wow!
1: So we're nearly done with make a difference far too.
3: Yeah, so he'll become hasn't made a difference. He'll on TV. He'll basically become a jobber to the stars, but on the house shows, he'll go <laughs> he'll go on a r- winning streak on the house shows over Bob Backlund <laughs> in 1996. Really? Yeah. Far too and Bob Backlund. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Mm. Never knew they. I never knew they even had matches. It was probably to get the chemistry. Because when he became Sultan, Bob Backlund was his handler, wasn't he? He was, but that's like a year away, isn't it? Yeah, so, well, so, yeah, so... The, I, the... I
1: doubt WWE have gone, we've got this idea. No, yeah, for but... For solo for far too. but we're going to just sit on it
3: for a year. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, but I think it was, like, March time, according to Cage Match, there's just, the whole show loop was far Fatou over, over Backlund, so... I forgot about the Sultan. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> what a silly company. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so make a difference, Far too Making a difference in the life of the Brooklyn brawler beats him nice and easy. <laughs> Doc Hendricks is backstage, coked off his bin. He's about to reveal who has accepted Owen Hart's open contract in your house. But then we cut back to the arena where Backland has found the sound engineer, awkwardly drags him over the sound desk,
3: puts him in a chicken wing. Uh, he, he grips him. By the belt of his pants, and basically just hooshes him up like a toddler. Yeah. I felt very very uneasy
1: because he still had his headphones plugged in. Yeah. And I thought, that's all coming away. Yeah. That's all coming away. He should have unplugged them. Thankfully, nothing fell over. The, the, no, the, no cups were spilt. It's all fine.
3: This made up for the earlier section for me, because I do love mental Bob being feral and weird. But mm. uh, we've got a p- bit from The Observer about this, because we, we saw earlier on the showed the clip from last week where he got Bret Hart and the chicken wing down Superstars. He'd get Jim Ross in the chicken wing with uh, Jim Ross wearing a sling on Action Zone the mm. next day. So according to Dave, the repush for Backland was one of Pat Patterson's last ideas. Patterson has officially retired and cleaned out his desk on the 1st of December and is scheduled to move to Florida full time. I didn't look to when Pat Patterson comes back because he doesn't <laughs> retire. <laughs> he doesn't
1: retire. so
3: He's sticking around still. Pa- apparently, uh, Pat, because he, he always had McMahon's ear because out of everything, he gave him the raw fucking Rumble for a start. Mm-hmm. That's just the tip of the iceberg, the amount of stuff Pat Patterson did for that company. But him just basically saying, it's Bob Backlund, we should use him. And Vince has gone, yeah, especially
1: since we talked about this previously, the click have got in Vince's ear and gone, "Don't use Bob Backlund."
3: Yeah, so Vince has gone.
1: Oh, I'm going to use Backland. I think there's almost like a a little bit of like you know I I'll follow what Pat Patterson says, but also a little bit of stick it to the click. Like you don't tell me what to do. Yeah, and, although you do, but you don't. <laughs> and like little establishment of dominance.
3: And like I was watching um, OSW recently, where they're going over the inaugural i think um hall of fame and saying about james dudley getting inducted mm. and it was basically vince senior just said to vince jr he's like whatever happens take care of james dudley and he's o- honored that part of me likes to think that vince jr's thought well Backlund was my dad's boy yeah and he's, he's felt like i can't just like unceremony. i can make him job and stuff like that but i can't just hush him out of the company because Shawn michaels says so I'd like to think that I could be just fucking pulling out of thin air, bro. possibly. I mean, Bob would pop up loads, yeah, over the years.
1: Yeah, it was he was last in the company as recently as what, two thousand and fifteen? Was that the stuff with Darren with Darren Young? Young. I, I, didn't I, I didn't mind that. I liked that. Yeah. Gave us a great bit of theme music. Yeah, I like. I did, I'm not against it. No, like Bob Backlund, G
3: and F, and Backlund looked phenomenal. Yeah, because if <laughs> you he's like eighty odd, and if you look at it, the what Fred Rosser has done in New Japan, where he's completely reinvented himself, and you look at what AEW do with legends. If, if WWE, they had it all there, they could have easily just turned them into a, a killer. So, are we
1: saying that we should reunite Fred Rosser and Bob Backlund in AEW? I mean, that
3: would be good. I'm not against it. No.
1: I'm not against it. If Bob's feeling up to it, that'd be bloody lovely. Next time they're in New York. Ooh. Oh. Anyway, oh. Oh yes, Yeah. do that, you yeah. cowards! Um, we cut back to Doc Hendricks, who very quickly reveals that Diesel's uh, had Diesel has signed Owen Hart's open contract for In Your House. Mm. Could be interesting. I kind of like the idea of this of it, the contract being left open, yeah, up until the pay per view, and then Diesel walking
3: out, yeah, but flattening Owen. <laughs> Considering they're in a scrap and they're trying to, you're, yeah, you're like, yeah. I did notice though that they showed the match card. You know, like the picture, the graphic. Owen versus Diesel, and Diesel is glowering at the camera. His hair is scraped back. It's, it's not like fluffy Big Daddy cool. Hey, it was just like, look at this massive guy. He's probably gonna rip Owen heart in half. So yeah, so
1: it's it's it will be a statement of intent for Diesel yes. when he faces
3: Owen in your house. Yeah, in your it's, house, especially yeah, the, the towing the line because he's still mates with Sean, mm. but he's also you know he's he's got the hump so <laughs> <laughs> he's got the hump is a great way you've got the hump <laughs> it's the best way to describe what he's going through right now <laughs>
1: We come to uh, one of our featured matches of the evening. It is for the Intercontinental Championship: the Champ Razor Ramon versus the Chump oh. Dean Douglas. Presented by Twix, Tyco, Haunted Highway, and Burger King. A match presented by Burger King. These are
3: strong sponsors, considering mm. considering the state of the WWF at the time. These are strong sponsors. They, they are
1: big names. Yeah. Like Burger King is a is a is a. A family you know, it's, it's a it's a it's a brand that is known across America at this yeah. point. Do you want some intel on Burger King? Give me yes. So, intel and Burger King. Founded in 1953 as Insta Burger King, okay. a Jacksonville, Florida-based restaurant change uh, restaurant chain. They dropped the Insta when they ran into financial difficulties and were bought out by David Edgerton and James Mclemore, and they just called it Burger King. Okay. Insta Burger King, obviously, because they want it to be quick. Yeah. Because the big thing right now is fast food. Yeah. Our one burger is quick. Um, 1957 sees the invention of the Whopper by Ger Burger King co-founder James McLemore, originally sold for 37 US cent, which is the equivalent of about $3.40 today. Mm, it wasn't the cheapest one on the market, but they went like, we're giving you a big burger. McLemore yeah. created it after he noticed a rival restaurant in Gainesville was succeeding by basically selling a larger burger at a higher price. okay, So he went, well, let's do that.
3: Yeah. Let's do that.
1: Uh, believing that the success in the, of the rival product was its size, he devised the name Whopper because he thought it conveyed, it conveyed imagery of something big. Yeah. Um, we're going to play a game, Jackins. Devised a quiz for you. Come on. It's called Whopper or Whopper. Okay. Right? I'm going to give you the name of a Burger King Whopper, a limited edition Burger King Whopper. You have to say whether it's Whopper, it is a Whopper, or Whopper, I'm telling a lie. Okay. Whopper or Whopper. This is going to be great if you're listening to the podcast. (laughs) Roll with it. The Angry Whopper. Whopper or Whopper? Thumbs up Whopper. It is indeed a thumbs up Whopper. Angry Whopper has jalapenos, angry sauce, and angry onions, hot sauce, and then onions covered in the hot sauce. Uh, also contains pepper, jack cheese, and ba- pepper, jack cheese, and bacon. Uh, it was in Europe originally, and then in two thousand and eight, it was in the US. Okay. Angry Whopper.
3: A, is
1: that the right one I've got? Yes. A Halloween Whopper.
3: I'm saying,
1: thumbs up Whopper. It is a thumbs up Whopper. Yeah. Uh, released for Halloween two thousand and fifteen. It was prepared with black coloured smoke flavoured buns. Mm. Christmas Whopper. Thumbs down Whopper. Yeah, I made that one up completely. No Christmas Whopper. Windows 7 Whopper. Oh, that's so stupid
3: it must be true.
1: It is a true one. The Windows 7 Whopper was sold in Japan for the promotion of Microsoft Windows 7. Um, It contains seven stacked beef patties, five inches high. Fuck me. Two and a half pounds. (laughs) And had more than a thousand uh, calories in it.
3: <laughs> that sounds both incredible and awful at the same time. The Minecraft Whopper. Thumbs up Whopper? Thumbs
1: down Whopper. Ah, bollocks I may give it time though. Yeah. Finally, the Rebel Whopper. Thumbs up. I'm saying some kind of Star Wars thing. <laughs> It is thumbs up, Whopper, but it's nothing to do with Star Wars. It's a meat-free Whopper made from protein extracted from legumes. It was created in partnership with Australian company V2 Food for their Hungry Jacks chain in okay. Australia. Because yeah. in Australia, it's called Hungry Jacks. Right. Oh, I should have looked up why, but I didn't. But well, that reminds, well
3: done. that reminds me, I've got a game for you. Go on, then. So this is a courtesy of my friend Paul. Hi, Paul. <laughs> uh, it's called Sweet or Meat. Are you ready for a game of sweet or meat?
1: Hit me with sweet or meat, Jack. Coons.
3: Mince. is that a sweet or a meat?
1: What it's meat.
3: Meat. Correct.
1: <laughs> Round two. Because you could have said mint
3: Mint. There it is. Sweet. <laughs> sweet. Yes. And that, that's that's all sweet or meat is
2: <laughs> 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 Yes!
1: I I always like the idea of... I wanted to create a a radio feature called Nails or Nails. Right. Where you can't... It's a bit of like a battle of the sexes type quiz. It was an idea I had many years ago. It was a different world then. Nails or Nails where men would have to answer questions based on makeup and women would have to answer questions based on DIY. <laughs> now, I'm very aware that the world has changed a lot since then. I'm proud that idea never took off because it's very sexist. But I still am married to the name Nails versus Nails. I think there's something in it. Mm. With well, the, well, great, the great radio features are ones that start with a name and work backwards. Yeah, You start with a fun name. Like Sweet or Meat. Like Sweet or Meat. <laughs> like, like Nails versus Nails. Whopper or Whopper.
3: Whopper or Whopper. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for Sweet or Meat. Play Sweet or Meat with friends. See how you get on. That, that's literally all it is. I tried playing <laughs> it with a friend once, and they were like, right, okay, I've got it. And they went, those gummy burger things. I was like, no, that's not how it no. works. No. Uh, yeah. oh, rubbish, isn't
1: yeah. it? Yeah. Rubbish. Uh, Dean Douglas jumps <laughs> Racer Ramon to start this intercontinental title match sponsored by Burger King. Um, Vincent Mann is speculating that maybe his brain's over brawn. Oh, After all, he's suddenly coming around to Dean Douglas winning the title. Uh, Ramon catches Dean off the ropes with a fallaway slam, sends him out to the ring shortly afterwards. Douglas goes for a diving Vader bomb. Late into this match, the show goes to break. Interesting place to cut. Yeah. I guess the whole idea that... don't Because this is it now. It is a battle to stop people from switching over. Yeah. Constantly. So, like, literally, cutting to break when Dean Douglas is mid-move. Yeah. He's like, stay here. But when you come back, he's doing an abdominal stretch. So you feel, <laughs> you feel quite cheated. Yeah. Incidentally, in the battle of. Actually, no, I'll save that and I'll we'll, we'll put a pin in that for later on. There's a little thing I wanted to talk about about the battle of the swapping of the channels. Mm. But I'll put a pin in that for later on. Um, so the Kievan people tuned in. Um, Vince dropped some topical content. You know why? Oh, Jerry Lawler, sorry. You know why the army and the navy are fighting so hard? The losers have to go to Bosnia. Vince says, we don't have any business in Bosnia. As <laughs> Vince, just, mate, just talk yeah, about the wrestling. Okay. Uh, as he says that, Razor Ramon hits the razor's edge for the clean win. Um, Ramon and Douglas seemingly both close to the end of time in the WWF.
3: Yeah, it's... Sorry, Douglas, ma- not Ramon. Right? Douglas. There's a biff in The Observer. X-rays reveal that Dean Douglas has two fractured vertebrae in his back. Because he was selling his back all the way through this. Laura like,
1: mentioned a few times, like, oh, look out for his back.
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Douglas is saying he's telling people he's thinking of quitting wrestling once he starts medical school next year. And I looked up, he last wrestled on February 5th, 2022. So, <laughs> so <laughs> how did that work out for you? Yeah. Was he working at Target for a while? He was working at Target. I think he was a manager at a restaurant or something. Oh, no, that was Scott, Scott Steiner had a franchise restaurant, but I'm yes. sure the franchise may have. In a it franchisee, would, it would point. make sense. And it would make sense. obviously, he was a teacher and all that kind he's of stuff. He's an all-source, isn't he? But it's one of those, it's like I remember people were taking the piss out of Tony Shivani a few years ago because he's working at Starbucks. Kid, gotta get paid. But what he said, because he was still, I think he was still announcing like minor league baseball, and he said the reason he did Starbucks at the weekend is they offered like health insurance and a pension stuff. And he's like, he, he just has that as his kind of like mm. pocket cash and then does his announcing on the side. So it's I probably miss, the same for Douglas. He was like, shit, I've. Been wrestling all these years. I kind of need a.
1: There's a weird. It's a weird one when you do stuff when you're in the public eye. Like yeah. there's a weird, not not so much a snobbery or an arrogance, but there's a there's a weird pressure that comes from it, that should that job disappear, like you have to stay relevant, you have to stay public. When really, like when I was when when I we were being sent up the road at my job before here, like I was like looking at okay, what retail management jobs can I get because yep. I've got previous experience working in retail management I'm not it's 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 not an issue just you've got to go earn money yeah you've got to go and earn money like it was you know I'll go on I want to earn an honest living and I'll go do whatever should something happen here and I disappear off the face of of the YouTube I will go and work somewhere I will go and graft like mm. I'm I've always been a I've always been proud of the fact that I'm a grafter and I'll just go wherever I can get work. Yeah. You know, I'm very blessed that a lot of the work doesn't really feel like work. Oh, God, are uh, you? Yeah. And, and, and I drink that in every day for as long as I'm allowed to do it. So yeah. far, I've been very fortunate. But uh, I, never, I never wake up. It sounds really soft this. I never wake <laughs> up and, and don't just sort of appreciate it. I am proud of the fact that every day, since I work in radio and working here, every day... I don't take it for granted. Like, yeah. I drink in every day because I, I know how sometimes fragile it can be. Oh, God. So I drink in every day that I do this, and I always take moments to look around, and even my worst day, is, is my, it would be somebody else's best day. Yeah. So I always take time to drink it in because it could be very different. It's like... I'm I was, very lucky.
3: I was on the phone to my folks the other day, and they're like, what have you been off to? It's like, just work, 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 but the days go so quick because yeah. I enjoy this job because it's... it's Doesn't
1: feel like work. You've got to stop sometimes, just drink it in a little bit. Oh, definitely, yeah. I think. um, I'm I'm getting, we do like a a call home now. It's a new thing that me and my mum are trying because we tend just to fall out of touch as weeks blur into weeks. So we've made an agreement that on a Sunday, wherever we are, we will do a video call and we'll touch base. Yeah. That's a new thing that we're doing. The first one was on Sunday. I've been dropped into Radio Newcastle. I at like 11 o'clock. My mum rings. It's like, where are you? Oh, I've just I'm doing this. So literally I'm chatting to my mum and dad and having to stop just to do, to, to talk, turn the mic down. <laughs> and it's just like, and then but then obviously then you get a little bit of you know a bit of instant feedback. Oh, of your course. Parents you, yeah, yeah. Oh, you said that a bit quick there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I drink. But then like I love the fact that I'm in a position in my life where I can do that. Oh yeah. And it's just yeah. like that's cool. My dad said, "Oh, take a picture of you in the studio, so I can send. I can show him in the club later. Yeah, come on the radio, come to the BBC. That's nice." Yeah, I like it. Anyway,
3: although you say that, talking to pictures after you told me about your dad's garden shed pub. Oh, uh, yeah, the pub shed. I want to see his fruit machine. Do you? Yeah,
1: hang on. I I going to have a picture of it.
3: Yeah, uh, Tom just mentioned yesterday, he's like, oh, yeah, my dad's during lockdown, just, you know, had a shed, put a bar in it, got a small (laughs) TV, some speakers and a fruit machine. I was like, that sounds fucking great.
1: It is amazing.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm just going to try, I'm going to try and find a picture. I'm sure... He must have sent pictures in the uh, in the family <laughs> yeah. WhatsApp. It was during the lockdown, so I'm just going to
3: quickly. We will get back to. Um, Does he have a, a dartboard in there, or is it just not a, a
1: dartboard? No, just no. Um, like a bar area, and then a, then a fruit machine. Yeah, just
3: positioned nicely at the back. When did he have it installed? Definitely before Christmas. So when you go around for a pint with your dad, does does he sit with you or does he just stand behind the bar with like a towel over his shoulder?
1: Sometimes he'll stand behind the bar. Sometimes <laughs> just to mix it up, he'll come to the other side of the bar. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll have a pint on on the same side together. But then he, he he's happy just to default into becoming the uh, the barman. So yeah. he'll knit round the he'll knit round the front and do it that way. Hang on, I think I'm. Oh no, it's January twenty. When did he have it? He had it in December. I know that much. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I've got a picture of well well there's there's an early picture of the bar itself. Oh god, that's nice. Nice. It's quite nice. There's an early picture of the bar itself. I yeah. well, can't find the uh can't find the fruity. But I'll very find, light I'll and beach find wood, a picture yeah. and I'll I'll share it with you. Yeah. I'll share it with you. Not you listening, but I'll share it with Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I might I'm only joking. Uh yeah,
3: so not long left for Dean. No. You, um
1: He's away soon.
3: We had to put a pin in something. I can't remember what you were going to it say. Was... something before the match.
1: Yes, um, I'm going to mention it during the Shawn Michaels bit. Mm. So a little bit later on. Okay. Brother Love is back. <sighs> I love you. Let's talk about his weight this week. Yeah. Um, Brother Love is interviewing the man who is facing the guy that he brought into the WWF. Nice callback. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker at in your house. He's he's interviewing King Mabel. Mabel is wearing the urn chains. And it's revealed that the match against Undertaker and in your house is a casket match. Is this news? I don't remember them announcing. I don't remember them announcing this either. It must have been something they dropped on Superstars, yeah, Pro or Power Action Zone rather. It must have been something they dropped on there. Um, yeah, so it's a casket match, which is cool. Mabel is the first says he was the first guy to pin the Undertaker. I'm sure you weren't, and he'll be the first guy to shove him in the casket and shut the lid. Ugh. Brother Love has a surprise <laughs> for Mabel. Mabel doesn't like surprises, yeah. he says. Turns out to be a druid pushing a double wide, double deep <laughs> casket. And obviously, Mabel's fucking livid. Yeah. It's a rubbish surprise. Uh, the, the druid stands on the apron and Brother Love unmasks him to reveal it's Sir Mo. Mo. To which Mabel's like, have you turned Mo against me? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, pal? And I get it. That would be what I would think. Yeah. You've got this druid. He's dressed, he's brought a casket down to the ring. Mo then reveals the, the casket. He pulls off the cloth from over it. And it's, now this is weird, right? Because <laughs> you, yeah, you're, I think we're going to be on a, a hive mind with this. So it's a custom Undertaker casket. So like it's got Undertaker's name and logo and yeah. stuff on it. And that's fine. But then it's been, the Undertaker's been sprayed, crossed through with spray paint and been replaced with Mabel.
0: Yeah.
3: And Mabel loves this. But that would... If that was me, I'd be like, is that a threat?
1: That would... Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It came across... But Mabel's over the moon. Like, oh, it's a casket just for me. Yeah. Well, I don't... Unless Undertaker having a custom casket was the mind games and then awkwardly crossing it out and replacing it with Mabel is... The mind games
3: returned? No weird not energy. No, this made sense because no not weird a, energy. And like Mabel wasn't the first person to pin the Undertaker. He wasn't even the first person to lock him in the casket because remember Yokozuna and all the goons when they locked yeah. him in it and he floated up to heaven. Yeah. So, but Mabel mate, it's full of shite.
2: <laughs> Mabel King Mabel, is full of shit. King Mabel, is full of shit. King Mabel, is full of shit. King Mabel. It's bullshit. bullshit.
1: thank you uh, <laughs> um, so mabel and take a casket matches in your house i i fine it'll be it'll be what it'll be
3: it's it's a selling point for the show. is both. the end of mabel yeah. no it may be the end of king mabel the end of mabel mm. is the royal rumble where he gets abducted by the ministry and they, they bring him back as visceral that's in
1: 1999 99 we haven't got mabel for two years have we no i think he disappears
3: is is that his return then at the rumble
1: yeah it was meant to be a return oh no i think he'd been on raw no he appeared on raw in 1998 right when they were pushing ken shamrock as like the king of the ring as the king of kings yes so he was beating former king of the ring winner so he beat um owen hart and then he beat mabel it was like a one-off appearance for mabel and then we, then he came back a little while later at the Rumble where he was abducted, and then he came, and then he was viscera yeah, from there on in. Um,
3: Which I always question. There's like, oh, the Ministry they the building numbers they've got, they've got Phineas Godwin and Mabel. <laughs> it's like I think Ted DiBiase is secretly running the Ministry.
1: <laughs> I've just got some guys for you. Oh, they're all shit. Yeah, <laughs> just one of the lesser known Godwin. <laughs> yeah. And Mabel, who we haven't seen in years, crap. We get a commercial. Oh, Mar- Razor Ramon and G- up Marty Ginetti, their new besties. Yeah, Razor and Marty. Um, is it because I just thought to myself, is it because Marty Ginetti thinks Razor Ramon is Scarface? <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, Razor Man, I heard you got the best product, <laughs> man. Hey, 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 hey let's uh, hang
1: out together. We get a commercial for the Raw Bowl. Da
2: da da da. Da 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 da.
3: I mean, I, I really should have looked up what this is, but don't
1: worry, I did.
3: Good because I've just put Vince plugs the Raw Bowl on January first, and it sounds shit, right? <laughs> it's a bit shit, <laughs> just a bit. but it's also a bit good because it's a bit shit. Okay. So they
1: don't explain what the Raw Bowl is. So I just this is just a little bit of additional research for the show coming up on January the first. So I'm going to tell you what the Raw Bowl was going to be. Right. So it is. Essentially, a four-way tag match, a, a fatal four-way tag team match. Okay. So f- four teams are two, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, everyone is in football jersey, football shirts, so football attire. Yeah. They're dressed in different colours. Okay. The ring canvas is green. Right. The referee is wearing NFL ref gear. And that, like, right? and the whistle and stuff. And the whistle and all this stuff. It's a four-way tag, but each team is allowed one time out. Right. And then it's first to pin wins.
3: And that's the Raw Bowl. Has Vince Russo joined the company
1: at this point? <laughs> da, da 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 da. Da da da
3: So that's that. That's what the Raw Bowl will be. It, it, it does sound shit.
1: It only happened once. I wonder why. <laughs> so, you know, draw from that. There is a video... I think it's which had like several million hits on WWE's YouTube channel, which is a little three-minute piece about the Raw Bowl. Okay. And even at the end, they go, we haven't had one since. Like <laughs> even, even the official WWE YouTube channel knows it's a bit shit. Yeah. But it's a kind of good shit that I'm quite looking forward to watching in a few weeks. It's it's a time capsule, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Barry Dodinsky is flogging cardboard stand-ups of Undertaker and Diesel. Imagine these guys in your room or in your kitchen. No. You could have them move past the window to keep the burglars out, <laughs> like in Home Alone. <laughs> which is, which is the, the one I got from bit beer. Well done, oh, Barry. cheese pizza, <laughs> just for me. <laughs> yeah, Keep the change, you filthy animal. Sid and Jetanetti. Jettinetti. Sid and Marty Ginnetti in action now. Uh, Sid quickly shutting Jannetti down with a slam off of a cross body. Jannetti counters a corner attack from Sid, with a bloody diamond dust.
3: Yes, he does.
1: I have never seen a diamond dust in the wild. I think... In
3: American wrestling, at least. I think it was one on one of the shows we've watched. I think. Was there? I think. I think it was when we had uh, our good friend Mike Staley. Because I'm pretty sure I remember just going, Diamond dust! It's my son, It's Laka, oh, Laka.
1: Yeah. Was it al
3: It may have been. Okay, well.
1: Okay. Second time. But still... A diamond dust in 1995. It's still nice to see a diamond dust. They're like... You hardly see them. They're like... Well, they're like diamond dust. Yep. (laughs) Um, Kid runs in during the match. It's not a bad match. Mm. It's not great. Mm. It's all right. Kid runs in, followed by Ramon, who chases him away like Benny Hill. (laughs) (laughs) The match is thrown out, but Psycho Sid gets a powerbomb in for good measure on Janetti for standing on the ropes and taunting the crowd. Sid looked like a bit of a star here. Yeah, he did. Uh, It was...
3: Like you said, it wasn't it wasn't great. My main problems with this is Marty started on the front foot by attacking Sid. Yes. But it was very 80s offense. It mm. didn't have any fire behind it. He was just kind of like, oh, just Yeah, yeah, you're down. Wrestling. He he wrestled <laughs> him rather than forced him. Yeah. And then Sid did slow it down, but he did he, he kept they kept the crowd and especially with all the runnings and stuff at the end. Mm. Uh and I, I like Sid, I've always liked Sid. I like the master and rule of the world stuff. But I did notice though, he walks off and kind of sarcastically apologizes to Marty. He's like, Oh, sorry, Marty, didn't mean to do that. <laughs> and he laughs and he looks exactly like Uncle Peter, because he goes, Hey <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marty.
2: Wolf Bart Donkey. You're gonna send me back to Dark Place. <laughs> WCW. Don't send me back. <laughs> John! John, John yes, yeah, Sid
1: as Uncle Peter
3: I, in that bit. I like the fact this would be either, like, the second or third time we've asked John to do an Uncle Peter
1: <laughs> <first>. <laughs> John's just got a bunch of Uncle Peter pictures on file now. Yeah. In for the event that we need him. God bless you.
3: But, um... Yeah, the interference worked the crowd up, generated good heat. The storyline between the four has been built well. Mm. Uh, people are really buying into Kid being a slippery little shit now. So yeah. yeah, he's good as a heel. He is. And
1: he will continue to be good as a heel and until he gets that X-Pac heat. Oh, but, uh yeah that he that he's very aware of. Yeah. Um, Vince and Lawler run down next week's match with Brett and Bob Backlund, obviously reminding us that Backlund attacked Jim Ross on Superstars, the first of many times Jr. took a shoeing on <laughs> WWF television. <laughs> Get used to that, Jim. And then we come to our main event of the evening, a trip to the doctors. Uh, Todd Pettingill went to see the doctor, to, Dr. Unger, to see how Sean was getting on with his brain. Sean's test results are abnormal, and his recovery is much slower. He doesn't know when Sean will come back, and he may never recover. He is such a high-impact athlete, there are concerns he'll never be good to get back in the ring. Sean has brain damage, and any additional blows to the head could be life-threatening. Dr. Unger says Sean is not progressing very well. It may not be safe for him to ever go back to wrestling. Uh, The Observer gives us a little bit of a backstory on The
3: Doctor, doesn't it? They did a segment on Raw, a guy billed as Shawn Michaels' doctor, acting as if the injuries are so severe he may never return to wrestling. Dr. Unger is a real doctor from San Bernardino, who has been around the WWF for years. So Dave's pretty sure he's not Michael's personal physician. No. But in Dave's words... But he's like Dr. Sahorian in the early 80s and Dr. Pornovich in the mid-80s. Brackets, not that he's a steroid dealer. Close brackets. In that he's a guy who likes to pal around and to be friends with the wrestlers, will go on television, help get the angle over. In other words, the entire segment was work. A very well-done work, by the way. It was. Um, the Shawn Michaels stuff has been a bit of a
1: an eye-catcher for WWF because they put up... In researching for the next Nitro review, I discovered this. Um, The week where Shawn Michaels collapsed was the same week that WCW were running Hogan versus Sting for the first time. Oh, God, right. And Shawn Michaels' collapse took place as that match was starting. So, what an interesting way of getting people to stop watching Hogan versus Sting when they look over to the channel and a wrestler's legit collapsed and there's medical people. Hogan Sting as well. Yeah. Um, Hogan Sting still won, but the, f- but the audience was, was very much cut off because they were watching Raw instead. Yeah. Um, because they went with something so different and so jarring to bring them over.
3: Jesus. Mm. We'll talk about Hogan
1: Sting later in the week. Well, well you will have heard it by now on the Nitro Review. And uh, it was shit. It was really shit.
3: <laughs> Are we talking Stark Age shit or a different kind of shit? Oh, it's a different kind of shit. It's yeah. a very different, it's a
1: weird, it's a weird world. So Hogan is the baby face, but he's on the dark side at this point. So he's dressing in black. He tries to jump Sting from behind to start the match. The crowd boo the shit out of it. Hogan is doing like the hand cupping as if like, yeah, you want me to attack him? And they're all going, boo! you're a prick and Hogan can't contemplate this so I th- I feel like he was meant to attack Sting to start the match but instead just taps him on the shoulder to spin him round and the crowd just cheer for Sting throughout the match and they boo Hogan Good. and Hogan's like H- but Hogan doesn't know how to comprehend yeah. Yeah. the hatred but and they always le- and they lean into. To, they lean into, like I can't believe these two champions of wrestling are fighting each other. It's just, the crowd is so divided. They're not. They hate Hogan. They love Sting. Yeah. They are not divided. We are not idiots. Speaking of not being idiots, so we end Raw with an emotional video package about the WWF stars, voiced over by Vince McMahon. Um. What the fuck was he talking about here? It came across as pious, yep. condescending, yep. gaslighting, yeah, um, and almost like okay. So i I'll, I've tried to. It's about two minutes long. Yeah, this video package. It's clips of the wrestlers taking bumps, falling around. Vince talks about how we put WWF superstars on a pedestal, uh, and and treat them like they are bigger and better than we are, when really they are the same as us. Shawn Michaels has been thrilling crowds for some time, made us believe he could do anything. Now we just hope he will be all right. And we are now aware that we were part of pushing him over the edge. This whole bit is Vince saying, they're superstars, but they're normal people. And you cheered them to do wild and crazy things. And now they're getting hurt. I don't, I don't know what Vince wants us to do. Cheesy
3: <laughs> S- music was playing as well. It yeah. was very cloying, and
1: there wasn't really a, like a clear message. Like the only message I can pull from this
3: was Vince wants us to stop cheering the Restless. Yeah, it's. It, I, I can't again. <laughs> it's, it's the Vince McMahon defense of I have done nothing wrong. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's how, used... how weird that we bookend. Yeah, this he must have been on a roll yeah. with that thing on Superstars because he then did recorded this. Yes. He's been sniffing his own farts, but he was just <laughs> basically just like, "It's not my fault that I put these people on the road for three hundred days a year. It's 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 your fault." And look what's happened. Sean Michaels is hurt. and it's 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 because you love him too much. It eh, f- fuck off, Vince. This
1: was I. This was counterproductive yeah. in so many ways. I know they're trying to get, like, and Vince is really guilty of this. Like, Vince will so desperately, like, try and get an angle above and over that sometimes he doesn't know when to stop. No. Like, the stuff with Sean, that whole bit with the doctor, that's fine. It was effective. It was effective. Like, because it was the doctor going, don't know if you'll wrestle again. You can leave it there. But then Vince's whole bit about, like, we cheer these wrestlers, but they're real people. And... You cheered for Shawn Michaels. You've got him to go higher. And he wanted to go higher for you. And now he's hurt. We don't want we just want him and now all we care about is Shawn Michaels being all right rather than leaping off high turnbuckles. Really weird message. Like like just not a clear Again, the only thing I can take from that is Vince wants us to stop cheering the wrestlers. And this, That's all I can take from it. It's not only that, it's the fact that this closed the show. This was the end. This was the
3: last part of Raw. It was... <laughs> it was really... Yeah. It, it it felt... The whole presentation of the Doctor bit going into this Vince McMahon ooh, bit, it felt like a DVD extra. It didn't feel like part yeah. of Raw. It felt like something you'd have as a throwaway bit on like the Shawn Michaels story or something. It was... It was. I thought place. it might go into like a "Don't try this at home."
1: Yeah, it didn't even
3: go to that. No, it was just like "Don't cheer, Sean." Yeah. If if they instead of being like "Don't cheer, Sean," if they would if they were like "Don't try this at home," then it it could give them more credibility mm. to say, "Look how fucking dangerous this is." Yeah. Not like that shit on WCW, which is pantomime. We actually get hurt, kind of thing, but. Instead, it was just Vince trying to <laughs> suck his own cock, basically, <laughs> <laughs> which well, done a lot
1: of. This yeah, week, oh God, he has, Jesus. Yeah. So that was raw. <laughs> we're still two weeks out from uh, in your house. Yeah. So,
3: what were then, your thoughts on this episode?
1: Um, I mean, it there was, it was about, it was really those two. It was Sid and Janetti, and it was Ramon and Dean. Yeah. Really, in terms of like the key stuff, um, and then Backland. Uh, they're pushing the backline for next week because because now this is where you really feel the shift. Is that like we're now heavily pushing next week on Raw, next week on Raw, next yeah. week on Raw, next, yeah. week, next week, next week, next week. There's a pay for you, but next week, next week, next week, next week. Next week. Um, so there's a bit of that. Um Best match for the night probably probably Dean and Ramon. Yeah, I think probably in Bulldog maybe. It, yeah, it was. Mm. No, I think Dean Ramon because Bob had too much offense against Bulldog.
3: What we've been saying for the last couple of weeks, especially from these tapings, because these tapings have been good. The tapings before, these were shit because they were there for about seven weeks. Mm. I think this has been a three-week run and that next week's is taped, but it's already been taped at a different venue a week before.
1: Yeah, it's a bit It's a bit out of order, yeah. a bit cock-handed.
3: But we, we've been saying that everything has a purpose. Everything's built into something. It's clear and concise. This episode felt a bit sloppy. They still built built everything, but nothing really stood out no
1: I, yeah there is there's this uh, I hear what you're saying about sloppy a uh, sloppy, shop because we had like the backline stuff that didn't really have any true yeah. focus the Sid Gennetti match seemed a bit pointless because it was, it was a DQ, DQ finish yeah. um, and then the bit at the end where Vince has just farted out this script about don't cheer the wrestlers yeah I think he was just in a rush to do something and didn't really think it through and of course you know Vince McMahon only has to sign off to Vince McMahon. Yeah. And Vince goes, yeah, that's
3: fine. I mean, not knowing what was on the other channel, you'd you'd think that if you had this in the middle of the show and had raw ending with a big brawl between Sid, Giannetti, Kid and Razor, that would be like a hot ending to it. But I think that's more kind of... The next year or two, that's when we're going to start getting the endings like that.
1: When they start, yeah. When 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 we really get into the rigors of the war, yeah. That's when we'll start like those shows like building to crescendos. Yeah. This like the you know the I get that you want to build a show around like the stay tuned to find out what's happened to our top star. Yeah. But then it's just like a doctor saying, "Oh, he's poorly."
3: Yeah. <laughs> There's but not much else to it. I think what I heard this one as well is that as much as I love Razor and as over as Razor was, Razor and Sid were the biggest stars on the show there was no mm. Undertaker there was no Diesel there was no Brett there was yeah. obviously no Sean there was no oh, Ahmed fuck it yeah it's true yeah. Ahmed's been popular so it was just it, this was like when we talked about the old house show loops that you'd have the A show and the B show this felt like a like, ah, a, like, like a B, B show yeah. yeah I guess when the Ramones
1: the, the big star the yeah. IC champion and then you got Sid and Giannetti Yeah, in the mix as well yeah that's a good shout that's a very good shout bit of a B show Monday Night Raw but certainly an A show Cultaholic classic raw review. What As you always got? Yeah, yeah. So, um, time of recording. Um, you're working on stuff. I, yeah, yeah I top hope. secret stuff. Hopefully, ah, just some top ten lists. Oh,
3: yeah. some sexy sexy top ten lists. Because it's it's a bit higgledy piggledy, higgledy higgledy
1: and piggledy.
3: Because there's no, I'm not in the office next week because there's no trains, so I'm working from home. He's locked in. Yeah. Oh, I can't find my keys. Shut the oh. <laughs> um, So I'm working from home, but instead of like trying a chance, doing one over Skype, we're just going to wait until I'm back in. Well, you won't. You won't. All being well, you won't notice. You won't notice. I mean, I shouldn't have said a thing, but... Nah, it's fine. Trying to remember, because like Tom alluded to earlier, we record this the week before it goes out now. Yeah. So trying to say where we're going to be in a week from now, but knowing that in a week from now, I'm going to be... A, yeah. Timey-wimey be right. bullshit.
1: Timey-wimey bullshit. Yeah. You'll yeah, be right. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, Desert Island Graps, uh, by now you should have heard uh, Ethan Lawrence from Afterlife, who was on. He plays James on Afterlife. He was good fun. You would have heard Tekla who is the SWA Stardom Champion, mm. uh, who I had a phone call with from from Osaka, talk about stuff.
3: Very nice. Pretty show, yeah.
1: Um We have uh, Baron Black from Terminus coming up this week, uh, as well as a lovely chat with Jesse Goddard from OVW. Oh. Mr. Pectacular yeah. is on as well. A few others in the in the works for Desert Island Graps. I can't talk about it right now, but there's some fun ones coming up. The, on. There's
3: some the, um, fun ones. The names that have been floated are... Uh, Ooh, if they yes. if they come off Don't want to say in case Spoil it mm.
1: Don't speak or Spoil it um. But until we are next Back together to spoil it He is at Brat Atkins on Twitter I'm at Tom Gamble on Twitter <laughs> We are at Cult of Holocaust Twitter Don't forget to join us And as it says On the sign Sponsored, Sponsored by, by Your favourite dog, dog Called Richard The 19th, 19th On skates skate. Captain John, John Luke Picard, Picard of the, the
3: Starship inter-
1: Enterprise.
3: That's a lot of those for one time. <laughs> That's what she said.
1: Love you, bye. <laughs>